and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show in the Sales Chat Show studio with my esteemed colleagues, Phil, I think everybody should have sales targets, Jesson and Graham, you should scrap sales targets, Jones and I'm Simon, I'm just going to sit on the fence because I just can't make my mind up, Hazel Dean. And Graham has proposed, and the reason for introducing ourselves in that way, folks, is Graham's introduced the title or gave us the title for this episode, Should You Force Your Sales Staff to Take More Time Off So They Can Reach Their Targets More Quickly? And I have to be honest, Mr. Jessen and I are somewhat suspicious of Mr. Jones proposing anything that has targets in it, because we have a couple of episodes, uh, some of our most listened to episodes, where we basically just have an argument about sales targets. Graham of the opinion they should be scrapped. Phil and I less less convinced, but gradually, probably, if we're honest, losing the battle to the research and the but data. Perhaps, perhaps Simon, I could perhaps Simon, I could suggest that we give Graham fifteen seconds, and if it's not making sense, we just turn him off. Excellent idea. Excellent idea. And uh, we are democratic at the sales chat show. So that's two votes to one. So you got 15. <laughs> you got 15 seconds. Graham. So Graham, kick us off. Should you force sales staff to take more time off so they can reach their targets more quickly? Give us a and this is some research you've seen. Yeah. Harvard the, Business Review. Give us give us the, the, the reason I mention it is because even though these companies fly in the face of the evidence, that sales targets don't work, many, many companies still set sales targets. Yeah? So if you set sales targets, you're doing it wrong. That's the first thing, because the evidence shows they don't work. But however, you're likely as a company to be setting sales targets. So you're going to be giving a focus within your business about the need to reach those financial targets, how much that individuals need to sell. Now, this new research from the University of Harvard uh, shows us that uh, those companies where they prioritize things like this, prioritize the financial outcomes, so they look for financial goals, as you would do in a sales target, those companies, the people who work in those companies, tend to spend more time focusing their life on their work and much less time focusing on family, friends, leisure, and so on. So in other words, the setting of financial targets, the creation of this environment of trying to achieve targets makes people want to do more work. And that's obvious why that would happen, because obviously they want to reach or exceed their targets. There's probably bonuses for exceeding their targets. There's prizes for you know, salesperson of the year. All those kind of things create an environment where people want to work more. And there's a big problem with that. And the big problem with that is what focusing on lots of work does to people psychologically. And so it shows us that actually they end up performing less well 
because they have psychological problems, they have relationship problems, they're more likely to have marital problems, uh, they're more likely to have uh, difficulties at work anyway because of increased conflict. So all of this focus on work and not focusing on balance between work and non-work is what creates the problems for people. And you would not have those problems if you didn't have that financial culture. I think that the quote, if I'm correct, from your research that you, you showed us was people who are constantly prioritising work over their personal lives are less happy, less healthy, and fight more with their romantic partners. I yeah. think, was that the quote from the, yeah. from the research? Okay, so that is... You, my observation is you might get the quarter, you might get the year end results, but I don't think you are setting your teams or your organization up for success in the longer term. I, I think one of the, the problems is going to be that sadly there are many chief executives that uh, are not too bothered by that, and they would say to themselves, Well, if I recruit people and they burn out in two years' time, uh, so what? Um, well, I can I tell you, so what? Go it's on. The, called the cost of recruitment, which is a massive cost to a business. So they would save themselves millions in recruitment costs if their staff didn't burn out. And, and there is this talk at the moment, we're recording this episode sort of mid, mid-December 2021, a lot of, lot of people talking about the, the big resignation or the great resignation that the COVID situation because of the uncertainty has artificially suppressed turnover of employees and now situation is a lot, a lot, of, people are, a lot of people are leaving. Um, don't kid yourselves, it isn't COVID. It isn't COVID suddenly that's making people leave. It's what you do with your people on an ongoing basis. Now, the COVID situation might have suppressed or exacerbated it or something, but people are leaving organisations for the same reasons, right? Advance their career because they don't feel they're well-managed, because they don't feel they're appreciated, or you're forcing them to choose between their family and your company. And my prediction would be if you force people down that route, they will choose their family <coughs> over yeah. your company every every single day of the week because some things are more important to people than other things right and you know yes there will be some very career-minded very ambitious people but i think there's nothing wrong with that right you can you can have a great family life and great relationships and have a career i don't think they're mutually exclusive why should they why should they be but you know they're gonna be if they leave people things like glassdoor sites social media they're gonna mm. start to share their experience uh, with friends, with colleagues, you know, and then then you'll start to see the problems start to start to come up. You know, if they're happy, they're healthy, and they have a lifestyle where they can balance these things, then why would they go and work anywhere else? Or they're much less likely to leave your organization. Also, all the all of the research into productivity shows that if you go above a certain number of hours, 50 something or so, Graham, you might know the actual data productivity plummets, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and it, we know that those companies that have gone from a five day week to a four day week, uh, their profitability has gone up and their productivity has gone up. So we, we work people too hard. 
Um, and so we shouldn't be working five day weeks. We should be working probably three or four day weeks. Um, but, you know, getting, as you say, those kind of chief executives who go, well, it didn't do me any harm and all of that kind of stuff, when clearly it did, because the chief executive is saying that is on his fifth marriage. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. kind of um, a, a problem that's endemic within businesses that hard work means just keep working and actually hard work means make achieving and achieving means you have this greater work-life balance and far too many salespeople are not getting not getting the opportunity to spend more time on the personal things that yeah. they're more interested in and actually if you allow them that time and many of them because of the culture in a business will be motivated not to take that time so actually it might be great for a sales director to force them to take that time to force them to um Go. And some businesses are doing this. They're saying, you know, you've got to take, you know, Wednesday afternoon and, and you know, don't see any emails at the weekend. You've got to take that time off and we're, we're not going to operate our systems during those hours. Mm. Uh, so there are some businesses already doing this and discovering that actually <clears throat> people not only feel better in their job, they enjoy their job more. Uh, their life is better. Generally, they report less negativity and their work performance goes up. So, you know, it's not, you know, it, it's not difficult to see the evidence that shows us that if we work people really hard, they perform less well. Yeah. Um, and we need to reduce the amount of time. And when you do that, they'll meet their sales targets if you've been stupid enough to set them a sales target. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Um, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think the other interesting thing about my... Um, devil's advocate question about well what about the hard-nosed chief executive that says so what um is that the the job market changes doesn't it and to any hard-nosed chief executive who might be thinking well if i lose people after two years i'll just go and find some more uh the job market will change and it's well known that in today's world uh, it's the people that are selecting the employer not the employer yeah selecting the people and they will be a lot more rigorous in the way that they research the employer and look at the information that's on the website information that's out there in the media about the values and beliefs and track record of that organization and its key executives so yeah. uh, i mean it's I, not I, it's something not to bear in mind it's not hard work per se that's the problem right i think hard work is a key part yeah. probably being a successful salesperson but it's you can only do it for acceptable periods of time because yeah. you've got to have rest and recuperation, right? You've got to have that that aspect of your life. And it's not just in sales. My father is a was a sports scientist before he retired and has worked with British Olympic athletes and the England rugby team, men and women. He's worked with a lot of elite athletes. And he said one of his common observations when he would come and look at a training routine for an elite athlete is the weakest area was rest and recuperation because it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. But if you don't rest and recuperate, you are you're headed for trouble. And that applies in in the world of in the world of work as well, you know? And yeah. Yeah, work incredibly, yeah, work incredibly hard. I mean, we had a, an MD of mine many, many years ago, years before work-life balance and that kind of concept was, was even thought of. And at a sales conference, he said to us, Graham won't like this, but if you're, if you're hitting targets, 
And he was a big golfer. And he said, if you're hitting target and you're on the golf course on a Friday afternoon, he said, don't expect me to have any concerns whatsoever. Right. He says, that's, you know, we pay, we pay on output, not on input. It's about results. You're getting the results. I really don't care how you, how you live, you work your week. Right. And isn't that a good thing? You know, that allows people to, I don't know, people with kids or young children can choose when they're working and when they're not working, which works for them. Right. And give people. Yeah. And I think with, the, with the, my experience with some of my most successful salespeople managing them, you do actually have to stop them. Sometimes you do actually have to tell them to stop and to, and to take, and to take some time. I had a, had a guy who, whose wife had to go into hospital and for quite a serious operation and, he needed to look after his young his young children, um, and you know, and had no family support where he was. So he sort of asked he asked to use all of his holiday to um, to have a literally a month off and have some unpaid leave. So luckily, we had an incredibly progressive human resources. So I asked their their advice, and they said, "Well, firstly, we don't allow people to use holiday for that sort of thing. That's not what holidays are for. They're for holidays." And anyway, it, you can give as much paid leave, compassionate as you as you choose fit as a manager. And I went, what? I, anything? And they said, well, it's your call as the manager. That's a great, that's not a great organization. And I said, so could I give him a month? And, and they went, yeah, over to you, how you manage it, your situation. So I used it as a team building exercise with, with this guy's permission, uh, told the rest of the team. And at the team meeting, we had a team building exercise called Let's Work Out How to Cover His Territory for a month right and it was they loved it they were brilliant but the issue was he kept on popping up during the month and i used to have to he'd suddenly start doing emails and doing phone calls and i would go to him uh-uh you're off you're off looking after your wife and your kids and he'd go well i just thought i'd just check it and i went we had to go we've got it covered you were in the meeting it's covered and push him back to doing what he what he was supposed to be doing, right? Because well, he's a, a good guy. That's what there, he does. There, there's talk at the moment, isn't there, that um, companies will not be allowed to ask their employees to be available at silly o'clock in the evening on email. Uh, and also the other way around. I think uh, employees are going to be yeah. discouraged from sending a two, two o'clock in the morning email trying to illustrate that they are working around the clock when they're probably not it's already uh, but, but, that, but that sort of silly that silly stuff that yeah. uh, can sometimes go on yeah. uh, i yeah. think that will soon be legislated i mean when i when i talk to people and say you know have a time a day when you just do emails so you know whether it's between nine and ten in the morning and then you don't do any emails till either nine or 10 the following day or four and five in the afternoon. So you do emails in the morning, emails in the afternoon, then you work for the rest of the day and don't do any emails. And I get told, but if I don't reply to my boss who emails me during those times when I'm not on my email, he'll think I'm not working. Yeah. My question to those people who tell me that is, how do you know that? How do you know that's what he'll think? Yeah, and it's usually a him. Uh, how do you know that person will not think, will think you're not working. Um, well, because he will, right? So you've got no evidence. This is just guesswork, yeah? Have you ever asked? Have you ever put your email onto, um, you know, not available? So it sends out a, an out-of-office message 
during the times that you're not using it and see what the boss says. And they go, no, I've never tried that. Well, have you, you, so people are working hard, harder than necessary on assumption rather than on actual reality. And just yeah. asking people, is it okay if I take 24 hours to reply to your emails? And you know, most people go, well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need an answer straight away. I've only dumped it on you because I've got to get it out of my head at the moment. Um, doesn't mean you have to put it in your head at but that they moment. Just batch, they're just batch processing their emails and yeah. firing them all off to be super yeah. efficient. But that's you've got to tell your team, if it's if it, if I need an urgent response, I'll either phone you, quite, or I'll send you an SMS or a text, or I'll put urgent in the subject line. Other than that, do it, do it as do an, it, yeah. <clears throat> and so people will force themselves to do work and work hard unnecessarily. And what we do know for email, for example, is that those people who are doing it constantly are actually distracted from their work, which means it takes them longer to do their job than if they weren't doing their email. Lots of studies show us that people who just do email once a day are more productive than people who don't. So it really is straightforward. Um, but I think that getting people to spend more time thinking about what they do outside work is dependent upon the culture within the work yes. because they're less likely to spend that time thinking about it if your culture is all about financial goals and targets and is that financial culture the finances will look after themselves if the people are happy in their job because you can what's the old the old kind of cliche isn't it you can copy our products you can copy yeah. what we do but you can't copy our culture right yeah. it's, it's, those um a guy I used to call on sort of cash and carries at one stage in my career, the uh, big sort of wholesale units. And the manager of one of them was, was being promoted to a more senior position, regional manager. And uh, I've been calling on the cash and carry in question for quite a few months. And there was an assistant manager, a guy called Martin, who was always furiously busy, right? This guy, every time you went, you'd be rushing around doing all this sort of stuff. And I, I'm having a, coffee with the the manager of the cash and carry and i said so um are you getting in place recruitment you were going to recruit in externally or are you going to go for internal recruitment having a conversation about who is going to be and i said so i guess martin's got to be one of the front runners for the job then and he smiled and he said simon he said when martin learns to do a 40-hour job in a 40-hour week we might consider him for a more senior position. And that was the, he said, he's, he, yes, he's busy. He said, but I, he said, I've managed him for a number of years. He said, but I'm not always quite sure how, what, what on earth he's busy with. Right. He said, and we keep trying to say to him, do you really need to do that, Martin? And that was the, I love it. Never forget it. When he learns to do a 40 hour job in a 40 hour, in a 40 hour <laughs> week, then we might consider promoting. It's a, a great, <laughs> uh, great expression. So. Any other thoughts, guys? Because, I mean, this is this is really, really important as well. And also, as a leader, the well-being of your people, if that's not your number one priority, then it should be your yeah. number one priority, right? This is serious stuff, you know. We've had far too many people suffer physical, mental issues because, because of work, right? And, you know, if you want to retain people and have a healthy, successful business, over time not just for this quarter or for this year or for this period then you've got to be paying attention 
because also you're going to become unpopular in the marketplace. Your company's going to get a bad reputation and, you know, you're going to have a serious turnover. As Graham was saying, the estimates are somewhere between three to six months. Anything I've ever seen is between three to six months of salary cost is what it costs to recruit somebody, something like that, sometimes even more, right? So you can do the numbers, 100 people leave times by 50% of what that salary is. That's how much that labor turnover is is costing you. You know, it might might even be more in some jobs as well. So, because you've got to account for time to get the new person in, the cost of the recruitment process, if you have to pay any fees to agencies, but also that person doesn't get up to speed straight away, right? It takes time for them to to onboarding process and all of that, all of that sort of good stuff that, that happens. So it is ferociously expensive yeah. cost. So if they don't go, you don't have the cost. It's interesting. I gave um, a bunch of students a project that I was teaching recently um, about global business. And I asked that we were looking at recruitment and uh, working in global businesses. And depending upon how the business is structured, the employment practices might be set globally or they might be local, depending upon a whole variety of factors. And so what I wanted, what I the project I gave them was to go to three uh, recruitment pages for three different brands in Brazil. Um, so here we are in the UK. I've got no student, no international students from Brazil. So the Brazilian marketplace for jobs was completely new to everybody uh, here. And I was asking them to go to three global brands. They are very famous brands um, because they are three of the top five websites in the world. So everybody has been to these places um, uh, on the web and I just asked them to go to the Brazilian uh, versions of the website and look at uh, getting a job there and so they all they had to come back and report back about what it was like trying to get a job in one of these three businesses and I asked them then to say which one if they wanted to would they apply to to do to work at and almost every student so this is out of what there were 60 students doing this module so almost all of those I would say probably 50 of them said the same company uh, and they all said the one company they wouldn't work for and the reason was that they went to Glassdoor and they read that the average time on that third company that nobody wanted to work for they noticed on Glassdoor that the people were staying there only 18 months to two years maximum so there was very quick turnover of staff very large turnover of staff and all of the reports on Glassdoor were saying this place works you really, really hard and you never get a chance to do anything other than go to work. So we've got students, as Phil said, it's people choosing the company, not the other way around. So none of those students are going to apply to that business now if they wanted to. But I can imagine that there'll be people in Brazil who are doing exactly the same. They're looking at Glassdoor and going, well, I don't want to work there. So it's the culture in the business And this is a business that has devolved human resources to the local area. So you've got obviously local human resources practices and local culture in the business, which is forcing that business to be so focused on work, 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 that people eventually leave. And it's costing that business hundreds of millions, probably. Yeah. Um, But because they get billions every day, they don't notice the hundreds of millions. That's the problem. But they will at some stage. (laughs) 
chickens come home to roost right at yeah. some stage right you know it's gonna it's gonna hit you but i mean you know it's a massive impact on your bottom line badly yeah. badly or positively right negatively or positively depending on how you depending on how you view it so okay any closing thoughts gentlemen on this this super important topic I was going to say I would have a closing thought, but I've got to leave now because I want to focus on my personal life and not do any work. <laughs> on the, do, 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 do any of the, the sales chat show that we, we drive each other into the ground in our relentless <laughs> pursuit of podcasting. Yeah. And, you, and you've been driving us for 59 hours now, Simon. We've been doing this. <laughs> Without a break, 59 hours, the, the yeah. recording marathon. Uh, no, all, all I all I would add is that uh, for for anybody going down the the routes that we've suggested, you know, please make it a genuine thing that you are committed to for life. If you treat it as a campaign, yeah. i.e., people are my most important strategy for the next three months, it will fail miserably. It will fall into disrepute. It will just not work. It's got to be a genuine, meaningful thing. So check it out and get committed to it before you actually start to put it into practice. Because everybody will talk it, right? Everybody talks the talk on their website about the things, but it's the walk, the walk. We saw what you've seen on Glassdoor, Graham's example. It might say we are blah, 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 blah on the company website. And then you go to an external third third party source like Glassdoor and you find out that that's not actually what happens. And people will be super duper, super duper cynical. My, my closing thought would be the, um, the guy that we gave a month off unpaid leave. Uh, a, it was a great team building exercise, but I, I would, I would, guess that he would have walked over burning coals for me as a manager after that because because of the uh you know what was demonstrated to him by the organization so um definitely worth having a look at folks because people have choices people have choices and they're gonna go and work for your competition if you're not super careful and then you are going to be in some serious trouble so we hope that was some thought-provoking ideas for you from the sales chat show over 200 episodes at saleschatshow.com or from wherever you prefer to get your podcast please make sure you subscribe so that you'll get notified as and when we release a new episode which we do on a regular basis because i force phil and graham to do 59 hours without a single break <laughs> to make sure to make sure the podcast i say chances <laughs> of getting these two to agree to doing it for 59 i wouldn't stand a wouldn't stand a cat in hell's chance i don't think of doing that before you sign off simon i would mention one thing of course and it'd be remiss of me not to mention this. This is something that actually, in order for people to have that work-life balance at work, the culture, as you've just said, is really important uh, for the business. And one thing that every sales director can do to reduce that cultural pressure on people and enable them to perform better is to not set sales targets. I, I saw that one coming, Mr. Just. I'm, I don't think I'm a psychic, 
but I could have predicted <laughs> that one, that one coming. So please make sure you listen to those episodes on why you should scrap sales targets. Join in the debate. Let us know your thoughts. And, and on the Sales Chat Show website or on our Facebook page, let us know your thoughts. If you've got a, a different opinion to Graham's, definitely let us know because uh, we need all the help we can get in our battle against the uh, sales target. So it's been Simon Hazeldean, Phil Jessen, and Graham Jones from the Sales Chat Show wishing you good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 